Good morning. I'm not Jaime. My name is Brian Emmett. I'm filling in for Jaime this morning. Jaime's in uh, Japan visiting uh, family there. He will be back uh, later this week, and when you see him, he will be jet lagged. So uh, have patience and mercy on your pastor as he uh, reacclimates to being back with you. It's good to be down south with all of you again. Uh, my wife Kathy and I are generally at the North Chatham part of our church. Um, we've only been in the area now, my wife and I, for a couple of years, but I'm starting to feel it as I head on 15501 South and cross the Haw River. <laughs> I'm starting, starting to get it that, you know, that, that it's just a different zone, right? And um, happy to be here. Uh, The theme for the past couple of weeks is uh, the way of wisdom, navigating through the chaos of life. And um, our text for this morning is the entire book of Proverbs, all 31 chapters, all 900 verses. Uh, Not really, um, I get to select a couple. But uh, general theme is uh, the way of wisdom, and I want you to notice something as we start. I want you to notice how little you hear the word wisdom anymore, or wise. These days, we're paying a lot, of inte- a lot of attention to intelligence, both artificial and whatever is the kind that we have. Um, we talk a lot about uh, knowledge and information and expertise and innovation, all good things. We often ask if something is practical, or effective, or reasonable, or achievable, or just new and different, all perfectly fine questions, but rarely do you hear anyone asking if it's wise. And how often do we ask ourselves as we're confronting the different decisions that we face every day in life, how often do we ask ourselves, hmm, is this course I'm considering wise? And if so, what would make it wise? What is wisdom? Where does it come from? How do we get it? Never have we needed wisdom more. Can you say amen? Never have we needed wisdom more and never have we talked about it less. Wisdom enables you, enables me, enables us to live well, to live in ways that God honors and blesses. Everything that matters most to us, salvation, justice, goodness, truth, beauty, love, all of them have deep, deep roots in wisdom. We can't get from where we are to where we ought to be without wisdom to show us the way. Wisdom both connects us to the past and prepares us for the future. Wisdom isn't primarily about what you know. It's about how you live. Wisdom over time, as we learn to walk in the way of wisdom, as we learn to walk in the way of wisdom, over time it becomes almost instinctual. It's not a matter so much of 
all that we know, important as that is, but it's really more about how we live. A society that honors wisdom less and less is in for more and more trouble, and the same is true for our individual lives. Life really does get complicated and hectic. We're constantly surrounded and bombarded by voices demanding our attention, making promises, telling us to be afraid of this and that, or commanding us to do this and do it right now. Apart from wisdom, we quickly lose our way, often without realizing how lost we've become. So we're going to dive into Proverbs a little bit this morning, that wisdom book, one of the books in our scriptures that are referred to as wisdom literature. And it can often be helpful if we're trying to understand something to look at its opposite. You can't spend more than a few minutes in the book of Proverbs without running into the fool. The opposite of wisdom is folly or foolishness, and the opposite of the wise is the fool. Now, I think when it comes to thinking about wisdom and folly, sometimes our temptation is to think that our starting point is either kind of pretty wise or at least neutral, right? When it comes to wisdom and folly, our, our starting point is sort of some neutral thing and we can pick Folly, we can pick wisdom, and we're pretty good at doing that. To which the book of Proverbs will respond with an assertive, I don't think so. Here's how just a couple of Proverbs put it. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads only to death. The way of a fool seems wise to him, but a wise man listens to advice. All of a man's ways seem innocent to him. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Everything, every foolish thing I've ever done, I had a good motive for, didn't I? <laughs> All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but his motives are weighed by the Lord. So fool in scripture doesn't refer to your intelligence or your grades in school or your position in society. After all, have you ever run into a highly educated fool? A financially successful Fool? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Don't mention any names. <laughs> but wait, we're not recording this this morning, are we? So yeah, just no, 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 no. Don't don't do that. But uh, uh, is it popular? Is it possible to be a popular, famous fool? <laughs> I, I've come to the right place this morning. <laughs> so. To be a fool means that our attitudes, our behaviors, our whole lives are not well aligned with reality. That's what it means to be a fool, is you're living in a way that's actually not well aligned with reality. And good news, bad news. 
Reality is not what you say it is, and it's not what you think it is. It's what God says it is. Right? That's what it means to be well aligned with reality. God is the God of reality. So to be wise is to learn to have our lives shaped and molded and directed so that we are really living in the reality that God knows as the one as opposed to the reality that I imagine. All my ways are innocent to me, but the Lord is after my motives. So it is reality that comfort, convenience, and control are not life's highest priorities or goals. It is reality that your life cannot be reduced to your bank account or your possessions or your position. The one who gains the whole world at the price of his soul is a fool. So if you dip into the book of Proverbs a bit, brush stroke by brush stroke, you'll find Proverbs paints a, a portrait of the fool. And, and here's just a brief and incomplete list of some of the characteristics of the fool. So if you ever run into one, you will recognize it. If you ever look in the mirror, you might recognize, all right? So um, fools hate correction. Hate correction. Not everything everybody says to you is right, right? So uh, accepting correction doesn't mean that every, everything all the time people say to you is something you should do. What happens in your gut when you're corrected? You resent it? Do you hate it? Who are you to tell me what to do? Fools hate correction. Fools love to talk, hate to listen. A fool is a know-it-all, minds already made up. Fools feed off the approval of their crowd or, in our common parlance, their preferred filter bubbles. Fools like the sound of their own voices and voices that simply echo the sound of their own voices. Fools make fun of what God honors. Fools are proud, arrogant, and selfish. This next one's fun. Fools are lazy and greedy. We often don't think those two go together, but fools are lazy and at the same time greedy. Fools take offense easily, hold grudges. Fools are hot-headed, quick-tempered, reckless. Not you, until I put you in traffic, right? Or me, right? I am not hot-headed or reckless until I'm late, I'm lost, and I'm in traffic. And then, look out. There's no telling what I'm capable of. Uh, and fools are blame shifters. Fools, that one of their common lines is, not my fault, 
Now, learning what folly is, what a fool is, can be a helpful start, but it's only a start because we don't want to know what wisdom isn't. We want to know what it is, where it comes from, how to walk in wisdom's ways. So not only does the book of Proverbs give us a portrait of the fool, it also provides a portrait of the wise man, the wise woman, the wise way of life. The early chapters of Proverbs are written in kind of father-son, parent-child language. A, a father is, or a, a parent is speaking to his son or daughter and saying, hey, I want you to, I, I want you to live well, so listen to me. So here's, here's a sample of um, how Proverbs talks to us. My son, if you accept my words, store up my commands within you. Pay attention to the verbs here. Accept, store up. Turning your ear to wisdom, applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight, cry aloud for understanding, and you look for it as for silver and search for it as hidden treasure. How many of you love treasure hunts? Search for it as hidden treasure. Then, at the end of this process of seeking and searching and crying and, and looking and learning, at the end of this, you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. Say that with me. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So, who doesn't like hidden treasure, right? If I told you that I had buried a million dollars in crisp, uncirculated $100 bills in your backyard, what would you do? Start digging. Right? If you trusted me, you'd start digging. Since God has promised that those who will seek for the hidden treasures of wisdom will find that treasure, what should you do day by day? Start digging in all the ways that God has invited us to start digging for wisdom. The Lord gives, the Lord gives wisdom. Wisdom's God's idea. Wisdom comes from God. Wisdom is how God operates. God is the source of wisdom and the goal of wisdom. And wisdom is a gift that God desires to lavishly share with anyone and everyone who will desire it and seek it. No qualifications, no prerequisites, just a desire to grow in wisdom. So to be wise is to live in the ways that God designed life to be lived, to live in reality. If wisdom is to become our way of life, your way of life as an individual, our way of life as a beloved community in Christ, what's the entrance ramp? What's the on-ramp? How do we get going on wisdom's way? So, if you don't remember anything else from this morning, remember this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You can go to sleep now. If you will remember, say it with me, the fear of of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Right? It's not about knowing information, important as that is. 
It's not about having skills, important as that is. It's about knowing the Lord. Wisdom can't be reduced to tips and techniques and steps and strategies. To become wise, we have to become men and women of God. Men and women who know God, love God, and are devoted to the Lord and to learning his ways. To fear the Lord means to move towards the Lord. Usually when we hear fear, you move away from it, right? That's not a good translation of the Hebrew words that are behind our English words, the fear of the Lord. We fear the Lord by moving towards the Lord. We fear the Lord by turning towards the Lord. We fear the Lord by inquiring of the Lord, by waiting on the Lord, right? So fearing the Lord means we're always turning towards him and moving towards him as best we understand how to do that. That's the beginning of wisdom. So to fear the Lord is to ask God to help us. To fear the Lord is to depend on God's faithfulness rather than on our own agendas and our own abilities. To fear the Lord means that we learn to see and evaluate things according to who God is, according to what the Lord says, and not according to what's currently popular, trending, or acceptable. To fear the Lord means that the Lord is both the starting point and the goal to which we're heading situation by situation, decision by decision. To fear the Lord means that we're learning to wait on him for initiative, instruction, direction, and timing, instead of charging off on our own. To fear the Lord means that we are opening up more of our headspace and more of our heart space to God's words, rather than all the many, many, many words that come at us every single day. We walk in the fear of the Lord as we worship faithfully, regularly, and wholeheartedly. We walk in the fear of the Lord as we learn to pray first rather than after all else has failed. We walk in the fear of the Lord as we give our best attention to Scripture rather than to our news feeds and our social media. We fear the Lord as we learn to care about the things that God says He cares about. Salvation, justice, mercy, shalom, and love. We fear the Lord as we learn to notice and care about how life is going for those at the bottom and at the margins and on the outside rather than ourselves. And we fear the Lord as we share the good news of who Jesus is through what we say and what we do. So as you can see, to fear the Lord, to walk in the way of wisdom, will often mean that we will stand out like the proverbial sore thumb. So first, if you want to be wise, learn to walk in the fear of the Lord. Second, practice humility. That's right, practice humility. Humility. Genuine humility is not a quality that some of us just happen to have 
naturally, and others don't. Humility is not primarily an emotional state or feeling about oneself. It certainly is not about self-loathing and self-hatred. Think about it. Sometimes we feel it's humble to beat up on ourselves, right? You ever feel that way? Oh, I'm so terrible. I'm so this. I'm so that. I'm so, you know. And how does each of those sentences start? I. I, 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 I. So sometimes what we think is humble, which is, oh, you know, I have to be really down on myself, simply keeps me at the center. So it's not that. Let's listen to Proverbs again. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Humility is something you can practice. We're taught that, you know, if you're thinking about what you're doing, then you can't possibly be humble, right? If you're, if you're trying hard to, you know, learn how to serve others, but if you think about it too much, you know, it's, it's, it, it gets canceled out. That, that's a bad way to think about it, right? Humility is a virtue like courage. Can you develop more courage by practicing courage in the right kinds of situations, right? Yeah, the same is true for humility. We need to see it as a virtue rather than as, you know, just some people have it and some people don't. Uh, Another proverb, wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord and humility comes before honor. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. Humility is the fear of the Lord. You may have heard it put like this. uh, Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So humility tells less and asks more. It's more interested in finding out what you know rather than hurrying to tell you all that I know. Humility listens more than it talks. And when it speaks, it chooses its words well, seeking the good of others, not just inflating how I think I'm coming across in the conversation. Humility happily shares the spot, shines the spotlight on others rather than trying to grab it for myself. So humility has no problem volunteering for life's lowlier tasks. You may have heard me say it before, but there is no spiritual gift for cleaning bathrooms, right? Bathrooms need cleaning. You can't say, I don't have the gift of cleaning bathrooms. They need to be cleaned. So humility has no problem volunteering with some of life's lowlier tasks, It's happy to pick up someone else's trash or volunteer for the chores nobody else wants to do. Humility willingly spends time with the folks who tend to go unnoticed or ignored or uninvited. Someone put it like this. Humility means knowing yourself as a God-defined, non-anxious person. You're a God-defined and therefore non-anxious person. Humility understands that your identity is rooted and grounded in who Christ is and who he says you are. 
And as we learn to rest in that true identity, the anxiety starts to drain out of us. We don't have to prove anything. We don't have to earn anything. We aren't dependent on the evaluations or the opinions that others may have of us. You can be fully who you are in Christ and offer whatever gifts and skills he's entrusted to you. And therefore, you can move with confidence. Humility and the right kind of confidence go together. Humility doesn't always mean you don't say anything, you don't offer what you have. If you're on the airplane and the the flight attendant comes on uh, the PA and says, is there a doctor or nurse on board, and you are a doctor or nurse, it is not humble to sit on your hands and see if there's a better doctor or nurse, right? That's not humility. If, um, If you're really good at fixing things, And I understand that's what happens when you get south of the hall, is everybody is great at fixing everything. So if you're really good at fixing things, it's not humble to sit on your hands while the rest of us klutzes go about trying to attempt repairs and make everything worse than it was when it started. Humility is a virtue like courage or dependability. And like any virtue, it must be learned and put into practice. So... First step onto the way of wisdom is to fear the Lord. What will keep you going in wisdom's way is the practice of humility. And third and last, watch who you hang with. Be mindful about who gets your ear, who gets the attention of your heart, because your who's will determine your where's. That's something Pastor Alex said a couple of weeks ago, and it really stuck with me. Your who's, the people you allow to influence and shape you, will determine your where's. In other words, where you end up going in life. So Proverbs Proverbs says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and you'll become wise. Hang out with fools, you'll end up going someplace where you won't really want to be when you get there. So think about the books and articles you read, the the podcasts you listen to, your your social media feeds, your preferred political and cultural commentators, uh, the advertisements you respond to. I know, I know, we all like to say, Ads don't mean anything to me. I tune them out. I don't pay any attention to them. And you know what? You do. That's why they keep sending you the same ads over and over again, because they figured out this is what hooks you, grabs your attention, and starts to lead you in a particular way towards a particular destination. I'm not saying that we, we should never, you know, somehow we should try to never be with foolish people because there wouldn't be anybody to hang out with, including you. So this is not about, you know, trying to create a super narrow, tight, that's part of our problem, right? We, we just can't abide people who are different from us or challenge us in some way. So I'm not saying that our goal is, you know, never be with anybody who's foolish, What you need to guard is who's getting access to your heart. 
Who are you allowing to shape and influence and mold what you pay attention to, what you value, what you look at, what you don't want to look at? Okay, so let me sum up. I believe that um, I heard that among Billy Graham's daily habits was reading a chapter of Proverbs each day. Uh, Proverbs has 31 chapters, about the same number of days as a month. So try it out. The month of May has just begun. So tomorrow morning, open your Bible to Proverbs 8 and read chapter 8. And on the 9th, read chapter 9 and do it all the way through the end of the month. And then when you get to June, start over again just to make sure you cover everything. Don't worry about um, the things you don't understand. Just keep, keep going, keep reading. And I promise you, if you try this, every single day, God's Word will speak to you. Every single day from the book of Proverbs, you will find something that makes you say, ooh, that's for me. That's talking about me. That's a word of wisdom for me, for my life right now. So if you try it and you don't get that every day, I will cheerfully refund all of your money. (laughs) Or I will take you out for a cup of coffee and we'll look at that chapter in Proverbs and I'll try and show you what I think you might have missed. And if you have teens at home, this can be a great way to armor teens against the manifold follies of our current times, of their friends, and even of themselves. How many of you remember what you were like when you were a teenager? I'd, I'd recommend using a modern or contemporary version of the Bible like the message and read it with your kids just as part of what you do. Because you need it as much as they do different ways at different points, but none of us ever outgrows our need to grow in wisdom. Uh, you'll, have a great, you'll have some great family discussions if you give this a try. So, I'm done. Four things I want you to remember as we think about the way of wisdom and learning to be people in a community who walks in the wisdom way. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Say that with me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Number two, practicing humility is the way of wisdom. Say that with me. Practicing humility is the way of wisdom. Number three, keeping company with the wise keeps us in the wisdom way. Keeping company with the wise keeps us in the wisdom way. And finally, Proverbs each day keeps folly at bay. (laughs) Say it with me. Proverbs each day keeps folly at bay. Let us pray. God, our Father, source and generous giver of all wisdom, we ask you today for the wisdom that you know we need. Lord Jesus Christ, God's wisdom incarnate, Incline our hearts to follow you in all of your ways. Holy Spirit, given to lead and guide Christ's people into all of Christ's truth, give us ears to hear and hearts to obey your voice of wisdom. 
And now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to continue with that call.